0: Praise God. Signs and wonders. We would all like to see a pillar of cloud when we walk out the door this morning. To guide us the rest of the way through the week. Tonight, when it gets dark, we'd like to know that there's a pillar of fire outside so that we could follow that pillar of fire and know that wherever it led us we'd be going where God wants us to go. Why wouldn't he do that for us? He did it for the Israelites and they were not even obedient to his word. (laughs) But that's not God's economy today. That isn't God's plan. You see, what we have today is what they did not have. Those men and women who wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and took a four week trip took 40 years to do didn't have what we have the disciples who had the ministry of Jesus personally to them speaking to them individually and as a small group didn't have what we have today and Jesus made it very clear that it would be to our advantage for him to go away He said, it is is expedient for you. I take the King James Version. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter cannot come to you. But if I go away, I will send you another Comforter. Even the Spirit of Truth. That's what we have. We have the Holy Spirit living, speaking, teaching. Dwelling within us. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us. And friend, I know it's hard to believe in the natural, but the fact of the matter is, it's better to have the Holy Spirit guiding you within your life than it is to have a pillar of fire to walk by tonight when you go outside. I know that's true because Jesus said it's true. Jesus said it's even better for you to have the Holy Spirit than to have him physically present with us. And so we are led by and guided by the Spirit. We do not need signs to lead us. We don't need wonders. We don't even need miracles to guide us. That's not what miracles are for. It's not what signs, not what wonders are for. Not to lend us, guide us, and show us which way to go. If that were the case, every time we hear a miracle, we'd be running to find out and check it out. Or if we heard about some sign, we'd be wanting to find out, prove it to me that it's real. That isn't the way God has taught us to live. The Word of God teaches us that we are not to walk by sight, not by what we see, but by what we know in the Spirit. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So we're living by faith. We're not living by what we see, even what God does. Even what God does. We're not living by that. We're praising God for everything He does. We rejoice in its reality. We declare that it's true. But we're walking in the Holy Spirit. He's the one who's leading us. If you need to go to someone's house to visit them and minister to them, the Holy Spirit will show you that if you're willing to hear Him. You don't have to have God send somebody with a leash to put around your neck and pull you over there. And Just like you don't have to have a pillar of cloud through the day to to take you there. That's the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And if we can come to the place... Listen now. If we can come to the place that in the Word of God and the teachings of the Word of God... That we totally trust the leading and the teaching and the direction of the Holy Spirit we will immediately, when that comes, step into a realm of victory that's greater than anything we've ever had before. That's where the Holy Spirit wants to bring us. And that's where he will bring us as we walk with him and follow him and take him as our guide. But I want to talk to you about signs and wonders for a few minutes. Mark chapter 16. If you'd like to, turn there with me in your Bible. This is not the place I'm plan to read as a text but you can count it that sense as the first scripture it's actually the first scripture i'm reading i already quoted one scripture to you actually i've quoted two already I'm sorry <laughs> this is what mark chapter 16 says i will point out to you that most bible scholars want you to know when you're reading mark that starting at verse nine of this last chapter Uh, of Mark chapter 16 starting at verse 9 all through the rest of the chapter most of the original manuscripts don't have this part in it I'm not going to use that as a disclaimer to say anything it's not true I'm just simply pointing that out to you for your information this is what Jesus said he said to them go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation whoever believes and is baptized will be saved But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall accompany those who believe. This is the main place that we get the terminology signs and wonders. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison it, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I like part of that. It's better to like all of the word of God. I just, some of it I just don't like. And I don't like it because people have misinterpreted it. There are people who believe that you ought to speak in tongues and pick up snakes, poisonous snakes, to prove your faith. I know that nobody here who believes that, not even close to that. I'm just giving you this for information when somebody else tells you about that just say well those people are so misinformed you can't even count them as Pentecostal hardly even count them as Christians I don't I mean, hate to say that but that's, that's such an abysmal misinterpretation of God's word it, it just distorts it all but here's what he did he did say this if, you, if you're going to pick up serpents you ought to drink poison he said he'll pick up, po- pick up serpents and he said if they drink poison it won't harm them You have to carry it all the way through. But here's the truth of the matter. What God wants us to know is that no weapon formed against us will ever prosper. No attack of the enemy against us can ever prevail. He can be like a poisonous snake as he was with Paul. When they shed the shipwreck and he landed on the Isle of Malta and stuck his hand in the fires, as he put in wood on the fire. And the serpent seized on his hand a violent poisonous serpent because all the people expect him to die quickly he walked about like nothing happened to him when he shook the serpent off that's what God's talking about nothing that the enemy sins against us will defeat us nothing that the enemy sins against us can conquer us because the Bible says we are more than conquerors through him We don't have to pick up anything to prove our faith. We don't have to handle any snakes. We don't have to drink any poison. We don't have to do anything to prove our faith. Just believe God and see what God does as a result of His power and His victory in our lives. That's what we want to do. And that's what He means for us to do. That's what He's teaching. That's what He's telling us. That's what He's saying to us. That there's a positive victory by are walking in the Spirit of God, following Him, in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When you are walking in the power of God, Romans chapter 8 says you cannot be defeated. You will not be cast down. You will not be destroyed. You will be attacked, but there will be no victory over you because the power of God will cause you to prevail. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I love Mark. I love every word of this. I'm sorry a lot of people have missed it, misinterpreted it, but let's go on to talk about some other things. The signs, he said the signs would follow those who preach the gospel. Let me put this in context for you. Right about now as Jesus saying these things that Mark recorded. Luke in the book of Acts in the first chapter recorded the other part of it. Jesus is saying these things to his disciples, and then in the book of Acts, Luke is describing how Jesus was ascended to heaven with the people that he continued talking to them. This is the same group of men to whom he said, wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And that great message at the ascension was given to them. So, So at the ascension, this is what Jesus said about these people who had their minds on the wrong thing. Jesus was ready to ascend to heaven. He had just said to them what I just read to you. Other things he told them about making sure they carry forth the gospel. This is the message. Take the gospel to the world. That's the message. Nothing can stop you if you're taking the gospel. Take the message of the gospel to the world and nothing can stop you. God will confirm his word with signs following. He will show the Holy Spirit proving himself in mighty demonstrations and in overwhelming supernatural power. He will show that when we're going to take the gospel to the world. That's what he said in Mark 16. Take the gospel to the whole world. That's what he said in Acts chapter 1 as Luke repeated what he said in Mark. Take the gospel to the whole world. But before you do, wait in Jerusalem and receive the power of God in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit and then you will have the capability and the power spiritually to go forth and conquer and make the message known in Jesus' name that will bring people to a knowledge of Christ so Jesus is ready to ascend to heaven he's gathered them all around him and and this is what they said now remember Jesus had spent about three and a half years talking to these people he said all kinds of powerful wonderful things to them He he had said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees I'm not going to give you a sign that shows that I'm the son of God You just have to believe it. He said to his disciples many times. Things that they did not understand. They wanted him to be, all through his ministry, they wanted him to be an earthly king. They never got over the idea that he was supposed to be an earthly king. But he had already said to them, my kingdom is not of this world. That he is not an earthly king, but a king of a heavenly kingdom. They just didn't want to receive it. And so just before he was ascended, at the moment that he was ready to ascend to the Father, climactic time in the ministry of Jesus Christ in the world, as he's ready to ascend to the Father, some of them said, but Lord, just before you go, isn't this the time that you will restore the earthly kingdom to Israel and set up a king over Israel? Read Acts chapter 1, you find. It's right there very clearly. They said, isn't this the time? Won't you set up your kingdom here in this world and rule over us now? Isn't this the time for that? And Jesus said to them, he basically said, stop looking for signs. He said, no, that's really not your concern. You are concerned about the wrong kinds of things. What you need to do is to be Waiting in Jerusalem until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, go forth and take the word of my gospel to everybody. Now, you re- I'm paraphrasing it, of course. But if you read that in the book of Acts, that's just exactly what Jesus was saying. Lord, will you not at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said, it isn't your time to... You don't need to know about that. You're asking about things you don't need to know. Concentrate on the things you do need to know. Take what I'm offering you. Take what I want you to receive. Use it in my direction and do it for my glory. And you'll have victory from that. Get your mind off an earthly kingdom and believe in the kingdom that I've come to establish and that will be universal and eternal. So... So then he said to them, and then, and then he ascended, started to ascend to heaven. And then the angels, standing beside him, they looked, they looked at him, they must have looked at him with awe as he ascended. Because here's a wonderful, powerful thing happening. And yet they're left with a little bit empty because he didn't give them what they wanted. He didn't give them a, a palace, a throne, and a king sitting on the throne with Israel restored to prominence and authority in the, in the economy of the world. Jesus ascended to heaven and they said to him, to them, this same Jesus whom you see going away will so come in like manner as you see him going away. This same Jesus, well, we just heard sung, this same Jesus is coming again. He is coming just as surely as he went away, he is coming again. And so what he wants us to know is this, we have to keep our eyes on the savior and not on the signs. Now I'm going to go on to tell you some things that'll be a little bit more encouraging about this just but I ha- but I have to tell you now. It's very very important that we not look beyond the savior trying to see signs. We've got to see the savior first keep our eyes our attention on the savior. We've got to look to the giver of the gift. And not the gift. It's got to be where our attention is on Jesus. And all of the New Testament declares this to be true. He is the center of it all. The superior one of it all. And if we look to him and put our faith and our confidence in him. Everything else will come in its order and in its place. God wants to send it and God will. When his people keep their eyes and their attention and their faith focused on him. I believe God's got something for people that I'm preaching to right now. Just coming, coming very quickly on its way. Answers to prayer. Because we're doing the very thing that I'm saying to you right now. We're putting our eyes and our attention on Jesus and not on anything else. Not even those things that the Lord does. That's not what we want to put our attention, not on what He is doing, but on who He is. That's our worship. That's our true spirit. That's our giving up to Him. That's our following Him. So we're not seeking signs, we're seeking the Savior. I'm glad that that's what we're doing in this church. We're praying. This church is a praying church. I know maybe every one of you isn't involved in that prayer. I hope you will become deeply, deeply involved in the ministry of prayer in this church. That's what is causing God to do what He's doing now. Prayer is what's moving the hand of God and touching the heart of God. We need to continue to seek God and pray earnestly, earnestly. I said this morning in the morning prayer that I was going to make this declaration today. I I, I was thinking about this yesterday when I thought, thought, uh, as I often do think about what God has brought me through. What God has dealt with me in my life, my body physically, how he spared my life and gave me my life back again when I had a very severe and, 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 and was expected to be terminal case of leukemia. And God just raised me up and gave me my life back again. And I, 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 I don't know who I had praying for me. I, I'm sure people were praying for me. But I didn't have a church like this standing behind me. And I would say this. If I, were, if, if I were seriously ill today with the worst kind of condition I could possibly have, I'd rather have this church praying for me than anybody else I know of in the world today. Because I know we pray and I know we believe God. And the reason we're seeing miracles... And we are seeing miracles, friend. We are seeing miracles. The reason we're seeing it is because we pray. Because we, we follow God's direction to seek Him first. We're looking for Him. Not just for what He does, but for Him. When we get the full grasp of Him, we'll have the fullness of all that He does. Hallelujah. So we're, again, our eyes are on the Savior. Not on the signs, but on the Savior. Now... I want to give you something that, uh, that uh, I, I don't want this to seem to you, and I hope I'll make it clear to you. This is not a contradiction of anything I've said up to this point. I've said everything I've said up to now to give you the foundation of understanding that our attention is not just on the things God does, as great as those things may be. If we lose the fact that our worship is on God, we're not just worshiping because He heals people. We're not just worshiping because he blesses and helps and answers prayer for people. We're worshiping him because he is God. Because Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Savior of all who believe. That's why we worship him. And all the things that come with that are wonderful, powerful gifts of God. And we're grateful for them. We keep loving Jesus, not because of what he, what he is doing for us in miracles and signs and wonders but because of what he's already done for us in dying for our sins and salvation and bringing us to an eternal life in him by faith Amen. hallelujah when i came when i came here to orange park actually 5 years ago do you know the end of july was a, the end of july marked 5 years that we've been in clay county it's been a journey <laughs> And most of it, a good one. Most of it, a great one. But when I came, when I came, uh, the first time I was there, before anybody really knew me, I got a message from the office. They wanted to make up a little brochure, if I remember correctly. One brought, brought something about the pastor that was coming. I wasn't even pastor then. I was just coming to fill in. Truthfully, I've never been named the pastor of this church except by you and God and me. I mean, we've never done anything official about it. By the way, by the way, we finally, in June, the presbytery of the district voted to grant sovereignty to our church, and we finally got a letter from the general council this week that we're a general council-affiliated church now, not a district-affiliated church. We're a general council-affiliated, which is the same thing as saying our church is now a sovereign church. So, therefore, you can kick me out. The district doesn't have a thing to say about it. <laughs> so, beyond my facetiousness, they asked me when I was first coming over here, well, well, do you have something that you want to say that you want to kind of put out as something that, that, uh, to, to say to the people about yourself and about your coming? This is, this is the scripture that I went to. I'd already, I already had it. God had already impressed it on my heart so strongly long before that time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul said to that church, I came to you not with any enticing words of men's wisdom, not with the teaching of worldly philosophy, I didn't come to give you book reviews, I didn't come to give you uh, movie critiques, I didn't come to tell you what's the best thing for you to watch on television, I came to you not in the philosophy of man, nor in the eloquence of the world. I came to you in the simplicity of the gospel. And this is the way Paul said it, chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, and I'm saying this is what I said to that church at that time. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence, or human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration "...of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power." My preaching to you was not in the wisdom of men, not in the philosophy of the world, not in the educating stature of those with multiple degrees... My preaching to you was knowing nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified because that's where the power of God rests. That's where the power of God comes out. That's the declaration of God's glory, God's power, and the manifestation of His Holy Spirit when Jesus, who died on the cross, walked out of the tomb and declared that He's the conqueror and the victor forever over sin, disease, hell, and the grave. And forever and ever He's conquered. Hallelujah. So he said he preached with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing today a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Those of you sitting here this morning who've walked in the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ, you glorify His name because of that. Some of you I don't know about. Some of you I know about because it happened here. I could start naming people here that God has done great, mighty, powerful things for but it could go on and on and on. I will just tell you that there are things that you know about. There are some things you may not have heard. But great things guys. done. And listen, we are, still, we are still preaching what I said I would preach when I came here. I said to those people I would with all my heart do my very best to never come and preach in the pulpit of this church unless I felt that I was anointed of God to do it. And now God is proving his power. Last Sunday, miracles right here at this altar. God touched people and gave a mighty, glorious touch. God answered prayer. Some of you have already come to me and you said, Pastor, it really is the month of miracles. This is my miracle. That's what Ralph Barden came and told me. Thank God for that. Thank God for what the Lord did for Tyler Guthrie. And I, I'm I know I say these things because I know nobody minds if I say their names. I could I could go on saying what God has done for, for people right here in powerful ways, glorious ways. The healing that God gave Patsy Prince from a massive stroke. The the, the healing for, for that Sharon Rebar had from macular degeneration. Um, you know. What would it take for us just one Sunday morning? What would God have to do one Sunday morning to get this little quiet, sedate, comfortable congregation to do something besides just sit there and listen? Well, go on, Pastor. You're going good. Pastor, go on, Pastor. Well, don't go much longer, but go on, Pastor, just really... What would it take? I'm not, I'm not chastising you. It. it may sound like it. <laughs> I'm not. But I, But I, one, one Sunday morning, I don't want it to be in the flesh. One Sunday morning, I want to say something or God do something. I don't have to be saying it. I, want, I don't know if everybody knew what happened to Cross sitting right over here. If everybody had known it at the time. I can't believe that everybody in this church wouldn't have been jumping up on their feet and shouting and praising God and glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. When God touched her and gave her her speech back just like that. Just gave her her speech back just like that. And so, I'm going to just ask you to help me just a little bit this morning. Would you really just say, just so I know that you agree with me, just so I know that you're still awake, Just look away from your phone just for a minute or two. And will you say, just say, just by way of saying, Pastor, I really totally agree with what you're saying. Just say amen as loud as you can. (laughs) I knew you had it in you. I knew you did. (laughs) (laughs) Because look look what God is doing. Look what God is doing. Look what God is doing. I'm overwhelmed, I'm, I'm daily overwhelmed with the wonder of all that God is doing. And the, and, the, and the part of that overwhelming experience is this. I know, every day as I'm praying, I know the great things that we've seen up to now are just the beginning of what God's going to do. He hasn't even got started good yet of what he's going to do. Hallelujah. Everybody stand up with me, please, right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, when we have a service like we had this morning, people have already come to the altar, and everybody's come down here and prayed and fallen out. And everybody's fallen out into the floor, and they praised God. It's kind of hard to come to this point of the service as they come on back again. So sometimes, please don't think that I don't believe there's anything for God to do left here today. I know God has something for you in your life, but I know the Spirit of the Lord's already moved in a mighty way in this service.